Oh, hello. Welcome back to Professional Awesome. I'm joined by... You, Dan you. O'Donnell. <laughs> but that's that's not how we do this. There's no Hayden today, so we don't know how to do an introduction. So this is Hypercritical right. Radio. Welcome back to awesome. Hypercritical Radio. Oh, man. I want to have sex with that voice, Mike. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. You know how hard it is to make that voice? Welcome back to Hypercritical Radio. It's exceptionally good, though. That's today wrong. we're joined. I'm Mike Lewin, bringing back some tech tips and some some butt touching. Anyway, I want all the tips. <laughs> all the tips. <laughs> I'm Mike Lewin, and I'm joined by the ever so clever Devin. Because yeah, I'm Devin's not clever. clever. <laughs> Devin's clever. All right. Uh, so it's Mike Lewin. Do you want me to do you want me to start it off, or do you want to just keep going? Oh, we're keeping keep all going. Of this. So it yeah. doesn't matter. All right. So it's Mike Lewin's back. I was not back before. Uh, I'm not going to have video because my internet sucks. Anyway, moving on. And uh, Devin, I suppose, I'm the black guy still. Still the black guy. Dan O'Donnell, half minority, though people may not realize it. Although I've been told I look more Hispanic now that my hair is longer. It is. It's. It's. I'm, I'm looking at it now, and definitely, mm-hmm. for sure. We start too? Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. And, and the danger zone is getting closer and closer, so you better watch yourself. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You, you know what, know what it means. Culturally, the danger zone is, a, oh, is approaching. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so just just watch yourself there. Anyway, anyway, uh, I haven't been around for a while, and I'm going to probably yell about a few things. Uh, I don't know what Devin and and Dan have been doing without me, but I'm sure it's been fantastic. And by that, I mean I hate everything that they've probably done because that's how I work. But today, I know what I wanted to talk about, so if you guys don't have anything, I'm going to start. Oh, yeah, go ahead, start. Well, real quick, though, while Mike was gone – Sales for professional awesome like tripled <laughs> like a week and a half. I've had never had to do so much shipping, so that was interesting. Devin got to go racing. Oh yeah, uh, Devin, we had Devin a, went racing. Yeah, we had a very lovely meal, uh, uh, Devin and I. So things have been phenomenal since Mike's been gone. We had Ben Lynn on the podcast, so please leave more often. All right, all right. I'm, yeah, I'm team, out. team teal shirt initiative. Teal, yeah, I don't have one of those. I like the teal shirts. I, I have one, but I haven't worn it really. I've only worn it once, but it's okay. Team teal, go all the way. I love the. I like the color. It's a, it's a good hashtag. I like the hashtag. Mm-hmm. We also all right. We need more hashtags. Anyway, well, so Devin, Mike, want, what are you going to yell at us about? Or, or right. are we going to Devin? No, no, I, we can we can pass on you first. I want to hear this. All right, so, so I, I, for my so uh, as uh, some people know. Um, for I have a day job besides the the job that I do with Professional Awesome. So with Professional Awesome, obviously, I do a lot of the engineering. I do a lot of the tech. I do a lot of those things. Uh, Dan Dan writes the words on the papers um, because I'm much better at talking than I am uh, than I am you know spitting it from my mouth onto people. And so uh, my day job is uh, working on commercial trucks, and I probably can't go too far because uh, there are NDAs that are signed for this particular story. But but it. I did a demo with a customer and it brought up some questions and concerns that I think are interesting in all, all industries and especially technical industries that are very important. And so what happened is I did a demo for a customer on a, on a a prototype unit that is, is in terms of technology is very advanced for commercial vehicles. But what's interesting is that we had multiple people from our customer there and some of the ranges of, Technical understanding ranged from people who are just engineers to people who are ride and drive 
kind of people who understand the dynamics and then people who actually understand, um, you know, functionally very deeply dynamics and, and tuning softwares, those types of things that all come into play in terms of modern vehicles. And what's interesting to me is that because we were demoing something that is, that is kind of uh, cutting edge in terms of uh, capabilities of some of these trucks, I tried to get feedback from those customers to understand how each one felt thought about what we were demoing. Okay. And, you know, you can think of it as if you put someone in a new car and you tell 10 people to get in a new car and you just take some, take some results from them. Some people are much more critical than others. That's what it really comes down to. But what I found interesting about the results is that um, even some of the technical people come back and they would say, everything's fantastic. And then that exact same kind of level of technicality, some guy would come back and say, it's terrible. Uh, well, not necessarily terrible, but just there's things that he would like to tweak. And then you have the, you have the, uh, really critical people who are like the ride and drive people or the people who understand uh, testing and tuning and those types of things. And they had obviously very prescriptive, prescriptive feedback on what they liked and didn't like. And what it really comes down to in my thought process at that point, what, what was interesting is that how does somebody in my position or a technical position really understand what's important here? And the reason I say that is most people will immediately go, well, the ride and drive people are super important and whatever they think is, is probably really critical to the design and production of the product that you're, you're working on. And, and at first and normally I would say I agree, but then I started to think about it is that, is that the customer? And so that's where my mindset changes. Cause obviously I, everyone knows that I'm an extremely technical guy and I want my technical expertise to be important. Right. But is it that important in terms of the end customer? Is it that important? Right. Um, trying to make it feel the way that they want it to feel, trying to make a truck feel the way they want to feel. Is that important? Or is it more important to cater to somebody who does it for a living or somebody maybe who isn't as experienced in that market? So it comes down to a couple different things, too, is that I'm writing down their titles, I'm writing down their job descriptions, all those things, and they're giving me that feedback. And so when you're looking at it from the outside, it's kind of like the same thing when you're looking at somebody from the Internet, right? They could have a title and it could mean anything. And you don't really know what that person's capabilities look like. You don't really know anything about that person past what they're telling you. And I think that comes back to some of the conversations we had before is like, who do you trust? Who is an expert? Who is, who is important here? And, and that really bled through a lot of the conversations that I've had with these customers is that what feedback is important feedback. And I realized that I really don't know the best way to qualify some of the feedback if it differentiates between multiple people. And when it comes down to the same thing in terms of internet and, 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 you know, talking to people on the internet or trying to find an expert to help you with something. How do you qualify? How do you qualify that? You know, from a customer standpoint, how do you qualify that? If you're building something, how do you qualify that? How do you find your experts? How do you find the people that matter to make your products better? How do you do that? I don't know. I realized I didn't know what the answer was. And the silence is deafening. So I think that most people have a hard time with this question now if you really, you know, deep dive. Because I would say my experience really matters, right? But that's from a technical sense. Maybe it doesn't matter that much because maybe I'm not the customer, like I've said before. So I don't know. It brought up some interesting points on my side. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably an answer that can never be fully answered because you never know who at the end of the day is the ultimate, you know, arbiter of truth on whatever particular right, topic. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. And um, so you just do your best. I think. What we do well uh, in figuring out 
who we like best to work with is building that personal connection. And I, I was thinking while Mike's, you know, talking about, you know, how do I figure it out? Like, well, how would you figure that out? Normally is you'd go out to eat with somebody, you grab a meal, like how Mike would do this specifically, you know, yeah. you'd go for a car ride, you'd have a conversation, you talk about his, up, you know, your upbringing and you this and that. And then all of a sudden, all those little bits and pieces of what builds that individual human will then, you know, add up to be like, okay, now what is this coming out of his or her mouth of value? Um, and unfortunately, yeah, from my perspective, of course, <laughs> yeah, from your perspective, right. which is probably a pretty universal perspective. If, if people would only listen, why don't they listen to you? Mike? <laughs> but um, please listen. <laughs> the world would be such a better place. Please listen. Um, I had some, uh, I know this is Popeye's podcast. I had some Bojangles this this week. Don't tell anybody. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so but in, in the absence of that, I think it's it's you know guessing and getting lucky. And I was thinking um, a little bit about how you don't know what you have until you experience the next thing, and then you realize sure. like, oh, was the grass greener or not, or is you know, oh, yeah. this I thought was normal. That's an exception to the rule. And so I was thinking, as you're talking about, how do I know, you know, which is the best person to get feedback from? I was thinking about, um, you know, people I dated before in my relationships, like, oh man, this, this is normal dating. This is how relationships are supposed to be. And then all of a sudden um, I, you know, meet my now current wife and it's like, oh wait, no, no, this is how it's supposed to be. I just didn't experience. And so before that, I thought that was the normal. And now I was like, okay, this is, you know, Unless there's somebody, you know, fingers crossed, there's somebody better out there, even than Krista out there for me. But, um, <laughs> but as far as what I've experienced in life, like, oh, okay, this is, this is yeah. good. This is, um, and made me think some more. Um, See, it's making you think. It. This, this, yeah, is this is my sorry, point. Sorry, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going. I'm lost. Um, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> uh, I, remember or i i give out a, a piece of advice now to people if they come to me with their relationship troubles and all this stuff and it's like for whatever reason we're conditioned to think that that we're the only smart one in the room when it comes to our own relationship advice and yeah, so we're the what, only ones who knows we're the only ones who know but like let's say for example if there's a car issue that i'm having i would talk to mike i would talk to Devin, i would talk to hayden fourth down the list because grant would be in there next and i would i would get their feedbacks you know on okay is this the right thing i need to do for the car stuff because i trust their opinion on the car stuff now if i need money advice i talk to you know similar people and get their their feedback because i trust if i trust them in this area i'm going to trust them in there because they you know don't lead me astray so if i trust them in those different areas i'm gonna trust them in you know what you know birthday gift to get my mom. I don't know, something like that. Like, you know, you, you find these people that you rely on their advice or maybe not rely, but you really trusted their advice. Well, then why wouldn't I trust it in the relationship side? And therefore, why wouldn't I trust it, you know, on a technical side as well, that may be unrelated to what we normally would talk about. So yeah, that's my, that's my feedback. And that sucks too, Mike, cause you can't do it on a brand new person. Um, right. Like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, 
Yeah, I think it's it, it, and 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 obviously I, I'm pretty good at getting to know people pretty quickly, and some of these people I've worked with for quite some time as as you know customers and such. But it, but it was just interesting to me because some of the feedback um, would be kind of against where we were going in the first place or our thought processes. Because you can always have a different opinion about non technical items, right? There's a base technical solution. I think in a lot of cases you want a base technical solution that works. Um, you know, if you're building something engineering wise, but then in terms of preference, testing and tuning, those types of things, those are preference. How do you want a car to handle? There's some things that are preferences. Um, is there the perfect way for a car to handle handle? Not, not always, right? You're trying to accommodate a driver. Is it the perfect way to steer? You're accommodating a driver, the steering feel, you're accommodating a driver brakes. Obviously that just works. Um, but brake pads, initial bite, all that things is accommodating a driver. So it really brings forth the question that th there is no perfect answer a lot of the times in some of these things. So if, if the, if the response is mostly preference, then for me, it means that your technical solution is probably pretty good because they're not worried about that technical solution. They're worried about the preferences that come along with that technical solution. So it's kind of like that too. And, 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 and which preference is important. Right. And from our perspective, it's mostly trying to figure out who the customer is, those types of things. Um, and so I find, like we've talked about before, that my preference in terms of technical solutions are much different than a standard person's technical solutions um, or preferences, because I don't think like uh, a general consumer a lot of the times. I, I just I just have different, very different preferences than I think most people do. So that's where well, that all that idea came from. Well, maybe that there lies your answer to some degree, at least is that if somebody gets back with you on the feedback and they're like, ah, oh, this is cool, but, you know, if it were blue, man, I'd, you know, I'd love it. Well, that's the kind of feedback you can ignore. And I'm not okay. saying that, like, you can ignore it completely, but the closer you get to the end line of whatever you're doing yeah, uh, is when you need to start paying attention to that little shit. But if somebody's like, right. uh I'm scared to death when I do X, Y, Z. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe that's a, yeah. you know, the it, feedback to listen to more. And that's what I'm saying is that there's when when people start getting nitpicky, I think that's that means that everything's going pretty freaking well, right? We're not shooting rockets sure. in space, right? We could be sure. nitpicky about the rockets, but otherwise, I think in terms of in terms of products and 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 if people have small suggestions that are you know make it look a little bit better, this that and the other thing, those are my favorite suggestions because that means I've done a good job. Otherwise, they're not thinking of you know they want to change my whole product, they want to change everything. I think that's important. To you know, in terms of that feedback, if most of your feedback is that preference kind of level, then I think that's great. And so, yeah. My question is, do you think Jeff Bezos, when he was building, when he wasn't building his rocket, when he was using his money to <laughs> have other smart people build his rocket, do you he, think he, from the he, beginning his preference was like, it's got to be shaped like a penis? I mean, it just he drew a picture got, of it. I, and they built the, it. And that's, <laughs> he drew a picture. <laughs> And by that, I mean, he traced himself anyway. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it just something that came up that, you know, it comes down to, you know, who's an expert, what's important, what feedback's important. And I think qualifying that feedback is always a difficulty for most people. And I just, I just, I thought about it and it's like all of these pr people work in, you know, they're all technical people. They will all work in engineering. They're all like that kind of stuff. And well, yeah. So I'm going to say something. Oh, that fuck. might get me in trouble with just one individual and I'll leave names and stuff out of it. Um, and this, this individual I have lots and lots of respect for. So it's, it's nothing to do with that. But so um, I'll, I'll segue into uh, Devin got to drive his Porsche Cayenne on the racetrack for the first time. Am I right? That's, that's a truck. 
<laughs> you just said Cayenne. Or Cayenne is a truck. Uh, it's uh, uh, K-Man. It's a cab- Cavalier. Cavalier. Porsche Cavalier. There My bad. Is. I apologize. Say, I mean, the boxed or whatever is the same thing. Anyway. Exactly. Boxed or hardtop. Um, <laughs> and so uh, not to spoil any um, surprises or anything, but Devin had some handling issues with the car um, while on track. And I overheard a conversation of a very respected individual who's got lots of driving expertise and lots of technical expertise and all that stuff was giving feedback to Devin uh, about the tires on, on the Porsche Cayenne Cayman Boxster. Um, and, and he was talking about sidewall height. And while the feedback and stuff, I think, was totally, totally fine and, and applicable, um, the issues Devin were having were much larger. Yeah, big scope, than, not small scope. Correct. And so, you know, all due respect to, you know, picking up on the sidewall height and how that, you know, different sidewall height, different, you know, PSI within the tire, um, different tire width, all that's going to affect the total wheel rate um, on each individual corner because it's going to affect the spring rate and all that stuff. And, you know, the in general, um, a smaller sidewall is going to make, you know, the car quote unquote stiffer in that um, particular, you know, corner. But it's like, man, Devin's dealing with some shit that is base level. Um, and that's just because that's how the car, he got it from the previous owner. Um, we did some talking later that the car had a bunch more arrow on it than it currently does. So it's like, well, it stands to reason that the suspension was set up around having a bunch more arrow. So if the car is now basically, you know, more or less minimal arrow, but it's got an arrow set up suspension. Well, yeah, of course it's going to be funky when it drives. And so, especially if the arrow balance was different than the, the native balance. Correct. Correct. And we got to start, you know, with the big stuff first, the spring rates and the, you know, damper settings and all that stuff before we start getting into the nuance. And that nuance is important. It's not to be ignored, but that just gets me thinking about like, if I were in Devin's shoes, maybe that's how, because I know Devin was asking for uh, a lot of advice and sorry, I'm speaking for you, Devin. Um, yeah, and that's, you're asking for advice, loser. <laughs> there's no, 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 there's nothing wrong, but this is his story to tell. Um, but it's like, oh, so maybe that's how you pick out the advice. It's like, you know, what issues am I having? Okay, the car is being real funky. Uh, so, you know, a little tweak probably isn't going to make a, a change. <laughs> we need yeah. to, yeah, we yeah. need to be looking at the swing. Take, yeah, take big, big swings. Take big chunks. Yeah, big take, 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 then, take the big chunks. And as we get closer, as it's like, oh, this car is really good. If only it were a little bit more this or only a little bit more that. Actually, Tom O'Gorman um, was talking to me a little bit about his S2000, and they were nitpicking um, the car's high-speed um, understeer. And he was like, yeah, we were just, you know, just a little bit. Everything's, like, great about the car except for in, uh, you know, high-speed turns. This is where this problem comes up. And it's like, okay, well, now we get into the nitty-gritty of, of solving, you know, right. small issues. And they solved that on their own. This is not, nothing that I had anything to do with. He was telling me the changes they made to it that help improve that. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that all kind of wraps up into a nice, neat little bow based on what you were talking about, Mike. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, go I ahead. think like <clears throat> for the same thing, like like uh, like finding an expert, and that's not a parts company. Like an individual person, I think that all comes down 
to like character development for the most part. That's how I look at it, right? Like it's funny like how it's, it's character more than it's a, more than like, and obviously yeah. technical comes into it, but mm-hmm. it's funny how we all look at it from a character perspective first. Yeah, I mean, we think about it like regardless if we try to or not, we're judging somebody based off of how you interact with them, regardless if you want to or not. So right. you kind of have to from a base level, that. yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, I guess it's a base level, right? We're taking big chunks. They, if they're good people and they're trying to do a good thing, uh, that's the big chunk. And then the uh, intelligence about a particular topic is the uh, the smaller chunks, the more important things to us in the end. Well, not more important, but the important uh, reason why we talk to them in the first place. But, but yeah, right. I think that it, it's interesting. It, it, I mean, I, you know, it just made me think that I'm like trying to qualify these people's answers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. some people liked it, some people didn't for these reasons. What do I do about this? They all like if you looked at them. I, I was just looking at it in terms of on a piece of paper. If you looked at these people, you would never be able to qualify between them which one was important, even if they said completely opposite things. Well, I think for that you would go of like, uh, what feedback was subjective and what something is you know right. But some of it was. That's what I'm saying. I was comparing some subject, subjective feedbacks. Right. We were overall. I think the systems that I was that I'm talking about here were working really well, and so the feedback was was generally positive. But there was definitely some things that were subjective that were um, opposite. You know, feedback opposite on both sides, and it was just interesting to me that I'm like, huh, these people had a different yeah. opinion. That's tough for that when it comes to those things. It's like. Uh, it's like it's no right answer. It's like finding the combination for making a car go fast, right? Like you yeah. have the perfect parts and it can still be slow as shit, right? But if you have the right combination, then yeah, you know, it was it's just an interesting thing to me. And 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 all these people are trained technically. It's not just like even just people on the internet, mm-hmm. right? These are people trained technically, go to school for it, all that stuff, have a lot of experience in it. So that uh, makes it I even harder. <laughs> yeah, it makes I it anno- I, annoying. I can't see Mike because we we don't have video feed with Mike, but I can just feel the air quotations when he says "trained yeah, technically." Ex- experts, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, they. I really like I really like doing the the customer demos. I like dealing with people. Obviously, that's a that's a big thing. Well, technical people demos. Um, don't like dealing with the general population. I'm sorry, general population. Um, but but I, you know, I do really enjoy what we did. I did, I loved all the people that we were hanging out with and doing these demos with. It's really, it's really kind of a fun time. It's just interesting from a technical perspective. I started thinking about it. It's like, man, there's a lot of people on the internet who give you feedback, tell you what to do, all that stuff. And you could look at it and be like, that guy's an engineer. And who knows, right? Who knows if that person knows anything? And if you're not a technically savvy person about that particular subject, it's easy to be led astray. You know what I mean? And that's just, it just brings that up again. It's a difficult prospect finding an expert. It's real, you know. real quick. When you get feedback like this, are you, is this direct or is this on like a sheet of paper? And then you have no, I directly talk to what? people. Okay. And then, so you, I assume you're feeling them out a little bit. Oh yeah. 100%. I, I've got some, I've got my own feelings as to what it's important and what's not, but that's again, assuming my perception is correct. Sure getting philosophical again when you start questioning your own perspective in a healthy way i think that also probably means you're on the right path sure because there there are things that i feel like i'm doing and it's like man shoot like am i looking at this through the lens that's distorted via my upbringing and my political leanings and my and it's like well if i'm doing that then that probably means like i'm being as objective as a human can be, which is tough. Right. So, or impossible. Yeah, out, it's of, impossible. out of us, I feel like it's, you know, 
something that I think we all do well is probably why we get along. Is we challenge our own belief system. So when we have something that even we think is true, so if somebody else says something that makes more logical sense, especially with sources and shit, you'd be like, well, I was just wrong, right? So you're constantly changing your I wanna, own. I want to see the scientific research that says Popeye's is better than Zaxby's. <laughs> I mean, well, if we, certain once, once, things are just objectively facts. So, yeah, objectively <laughs> facts, right? Subjectively and objectively both. It doesn't even matter. They're, well, they're called personal facts. I think those are legal now. Um, I think those are legal. We can we can put those in in scientific journals. Anyway, the uh, once 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 professional get awesome gets enough money, we're going to do a double blind study. Um, a double blind study with with placebo chicken, and we're going to figure out you know how many people like placebo chicken versus Zaxby's, and how many people like placebo chicken versus Popeyes, and then we're going to put them head to head against each other. It's going to be a two or three year process, but it's going to be great. We're going to put it in the I medical expect, journal. I expect all these um, uh, chickens to be genetically identical. They want they, they need to be identical <laughs> twins. We're cloning the shit out of these chickens. Hell yeah. Pulling the shit out of them. That's what we're doing. Anyway, but it's just, yeah, again, being able to to question yourself, question your opinion on something. And then, I, you know, whenever you whenever I'm doing some demos or whenever I'm driving uh, a truck or whenever I'm driving a car, I try to think of it as subjectively as possible and challenge myself to to really think about what I'm what I'm doing and what I'm talking about before I get feedback, because it is hard. And I know it's hard. I just, mm-hmm. you know, you're questioning if everyone else is doing it because that's a standard thing to question. And um, it comes back to the conversation about finding experts. Who do you trust? All that stuff. And for me, it's just I, I you know, I think some things are easy to find, uh, you know, information on, and I think other things are impossible to find information on. And I'm just realizing more and more that if if I have trouble finding technical solutions and technical responses to to some of the questions that I have in terms of um, you know somewhat complicated concerns, how hard would it be for someone walking in blind, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a rough world out there trying to find you know technical you know specifications especially when um, people hold things close to the vest and there's plenty of experts. I just put those air quotes up for you, Dan. Um, mm-hmm. Experts out there <laughs> screaming screaming from the rooftops about what they know and and what's important and all these things. So it, it just comes back to that to, for me. It's a it's a hard thing, but yeah, I think we've learned a lot here today. Take the big chunks Dude, first. I... Worry about the small chunks afterwards. And Let's then, hug it out. Mm-hmm. And then we can uh, we can let Devin talk about um, the Cavalier um, or the Camaro or the <laughs> Cayman or the Cavalier. What, what, what was the, the other Beretta. one? A Beretta. <laughs> oh, Beretta would have been a nice one. You don't start the, with the, C, though. Well, the first time I ever uh, experienced a Chevy That's Beretta um, was my friend. Uh, Chevette. Um, Chevette. Oh, God. You can be a um, Chevette driver. In high school, my friend had a Beretta and she was taking me out to lunch. And I pulled on that vertical handle. You know, the oh, door handle yeah, was, the door handle, was straight yeah. up and down. And it fell right off in my hand. And I, <laughs> I was like 130 pounds in high school. So like yeah, I had no those, strength. Those things seem easy to break. They seem pretty fragile. So. Those were made out of, yeah. Yeah, I thought, that, I thought Devin's Cavalier was much nicer than that. So, yeah, yeah, Devin, what's, what's your feedback? How do you feel about that first track weekend? Well, walk through what happened at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Start at the top. Well, uh, I didn't go to the driver's meeting like usual because... Oh, my uh, God. That's not the top. Oh, that's the you, beginning. No, you bought a Cavalier. How long ago did you buy your Cavalier? Oh, 
uh, about a month or so, month All right. or so now. And and you yeah. like it? You've been driving it around, right? Been driving the streets. Been pretty okay street car. You know, I'm not used to. It was a, a culture shock, right? You're not worse to. You're not used to putting up your thumb or your your pinky when you were drinking water. Bro, I drive a Lexus. I do that all the time. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, that's a good point. I did. I forgot about that. The GX. Yeah, that's my. But my also bad. from going from the GX being a weekend car to a sports car on coilovers was a big difference, right? So obviously my girlfriend hated it, but um, no, she grew around to it. But anywho, been driving on the street. Pretty cool car. It's quicker than expected. Um, street wise, it's better than the Corvette on like uh, every measurable. Uh, what's the like. what's the base spec so like there's a ton of caimans right there's like so many options for caimans what is the base specs for this one like how much do these things weigh what year is it a 2011 2010 uh, 2010 97 two. uh it's 2900 pounds i want to say uh it's a cayman s so it's 320 to the crank okay. um it's a pdk car okay and uh shifting's for bitches yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, I, honestly, one of the reasons I wanted automatic too, just in case. I don't know, we blow up two other cars that Cam could always drive it to work or something. No, I mean, I, again, I'm all about PDK, DCT, 8HP, any other, uh, any other uh, acronym, acronym you, you can, you can throw out there where the gears automatically uh, do some things for you, or you can tap tap some paddles for it, right? Right. How long has it been since you uh, since you drove a thing? Uh. February was a Corvette, but before the Corvette, it was uh, two years. Two years. So the Corvette yeah, was two years in. Yeah, and then, and then you took it to uh, Autobahn, which you have a lot of experience at, right? You've got some yeah, time there. Favorite track. Yeah, favorite this track, is, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, that's a personal. Okay, it's, it's Again, one of those so things. Your opinion it's, is out the window it's, now. It's my favorite track because the best track I'm get it. Right. It's south, south, or south, or whole, or north, or I, what? I'm better at north. I got more. Okay. But South is close second. Um, just because I don't know. I don't know why, I, but I don't it mind it. Hit. I won't I, but say I'm scared favorite. of Jitterman, so it's weird. No, yeah. you don't like it. That's your way of saying you don't like it. That is my way of saying I don't like it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it, that I concur with that opinion. <laughs> well, uh, so I got aligned with uh, some base alignments that, that I found from some other Cayman, Cayman guys that track on street tires. Uh, it's got... It's got Pilot Sport Cup 2s? Correct. Uh, 265 in the front and 285 in the rear. Are those um, the stock uh, OE tires or what are those? I don't know, man. I never looked up stock OE shit. I, they had some they're, kind of PS. They're, over, PS on they're wider. I know that. But they had some kind of Pilot Sports on them. I, didn't, I just didn't think they were Cup 2s. Anyway. I agree. I don't, I don't remember. Um, yeah. More details on the car. It has various engineering splitter and dive planes in the front. There are side skirts. But um, it has no rear, so no diffuser, no no wing. Um, has Fortunato five tens. Um, no splitter? Do you see no splitter? No, it has a splitter. Short splitter. How how big is it? Yeah, uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. No diffusers. No no front diffusers. Correct. Correct. No front diffuser or rear diffuser. Because yeah, so it's got extensions. it's got a little bit of arrow on the front. Those dive planes obviously work. Varus does a good job. They know what they're doing. So the dive planes will do a little bit. The front splitter is doing a little bit. Um, and the the weight balance on the car is, what, 40, 60? Or I think it's 40, uh, 45, 46, 55. 45, 55. Yeah, so right there, right, right there, you can 
already imagine that the handling is going to be aero balance versus handling balances or, or native balances would be a little off. Mm-hmm. Right. You and need a little, that, yeah. That it's, uh, everything was geared to have, you know, Varus's, uh, basically they have panels to close out the diffu- the rear diffuser to the flat underbody of the stock camera. Right. right. And they had a, a wing on the back as well. So we're already. Yeah. Any of that would have helped a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm just saying. So, so it just going back to what we talked about before is that, um, you know, heard it on other shows, might have read it in, in other, you know, aero profiles and stuff like that. But whenever you're building aero on a car, it's important that um, to make sure that you don't have a handling change as you increase or decrease speed. Uh, what you're looking for is an aero balance that is similar or as close to uh, your, your standard uh, weight balance, your load balance. Or sorry, weight balance as you had um, just sitting still. So if it's a 4555 car, you'd want to be able to or try to load that type of arrow in the similar fashion so that the the load stays that balance as much as possible so that the handling doesn't change um, at speed. Because you can have that crossover point where all of a sudden the handling is substantially different because now you've got too much front arrow, too little um, rear arrow, you know, give or take. And in this case, right with the front splitter, the dive planes, all the stuff up front, the sides could sealed off, but not a lot of rear arrow. You don't have the diffuser anymore and you don't have a wing. Um, you took a 45, 55 car in terms of weight balance. And now you've got, you know, something like all your, you've got basically all front arrow and no rear arrow. So that is not, you know, generally the recommendation on how we would set up a car. And so that alone can, can provide some handling issues on, uh, in terms of transition at speed. Just to add in, too, that's something that when we had the Evo 7, um, we went to uh, Brainerd, oh God, Michigan Brainerd. for a yeah, MA Performance Proving Grounds event, which is a pretty sweet track with a huge, long-sweeping, high-speed turn. And um, I forget the exact reason why. I think Well, we were switching from a trunk-mounted cognition wing to a chassis mount cognition wing. That is correct. We sold, we sold the trunk mount before the chassis mount showed up or something Arrived. like that. That is exactly what happened. And so we kept the front arrow on the front splitter and had no rear. Uh, we put the, the stock Evo stock 7 wing. rear back on. And I ended up in a pond and in that <laughs> high speed turn because I couldn't control the, the balance of the car right. anymore. It oversteered hard. And for those who would like to see Dan drive into a pond, we're going to put a link on professional awesome or the podcast because we have a YouTube video about Dan going to the beach or Dan going for a swim or Dan going for a pond to a pond. It's actually kind of awesome uh, because uh, his response to driving into, you know, a foot of water is basically, how did I get here? And he, he drove into it at a good, like <laughs> 65, 70 miles per hour. Yeah. And the, the front splitter actually like Alumalite front splitter, not very strong or anything, but he hit the water just perfectly that it skipped like an airboat multiple times and then finally dug in and, and, and splashed into the water. But otherwise, Car relatively unharmed, no real problems. Just had to get it pulled out, and it was just—it was just funny. We killed a tadpole. I we remember. The, I think, yeah. In the, in Jordan the pulled a tadpole out of the intercooler. Yeah, it was, a, it was a sad day. I was—I felt so bad for that tadpole. He's just minding his own business, and then Dan comes crashing into his pond at sixty-five miles per hour. But yeah, that was a front arrow, no rear arrow at that point, and Dan's trying to pull, like, reduce the radius of that turn. And you can watch it in the video and it just doesn't happen because there's not enough rear arrow. So it oversteers, oversteers, he slides out, slides out, slides out, and good luck, right? So, so you don't put it oh. in the show notes like other podcasters say. Show notes. Show yeah. Show notes. Man, I'm not, I'm editor, not that cool. Editor, put that in, please. 
whoever you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> that magical editor person. But yeah, no. It, it, and, and yeah, it brings back to the point, right, that that balance is very important. Aero balance is important. Make sure you don't have a shift in, in dynamics while you're while you're driving and increasing decreasing speed. You want the car to handle the same. So. Devin's driving a car that fundamentally has more front air than rear air, so it transitions to, to, to you know, basically a, a car that what would normally uh, would normally not try to kill me, and then it tries to kill me. There you go, and so it makes sense. Physics works. So how did that go? So you drove it on track for the first time. How'd that go? So first day was in the rain, uh, so I tried to take some traction control off first, and that was a bad idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> because even without lap, I'm like, holy shit, this is sketchy, right? Um, so it's it, it felt unmanageable, right? So you touch the throttle, you get sideways, like standstill or not. Um, and under braking, I didn't know Caymans have ice mode. So uh, oh. if you don't, what that means... For people that don't know, that don't have ABS or something, um, if you engage ABS too aggressively when it's wet, uh, it just doesn't break at all. So your ABS gauges right away, but it's like not really trying to stop you because it thinks you're on ice. Um, so that happened on the back straight. Uh, and, you know, I, I fed it in a little bit. I was like, okay, all right, back, back out. Try again. Back, back out. Okay. Still not stopping. Try one more time. At that by the time we're going 60 and off in the weeds back there. Um, so that was fun. So I came back in after that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to crash my new car. Um, let's see, first dry sessions. Uh, the best way to explain it is uh, in certain, even with the traction control off, I'm not sure that you can completely turn it off. Um, like the sweeper at Autobahn, um, I came out of it, you know, it's kind of dancing around. Like it doesn't want to. It doesn't want to take a set. So it doesn't want one side to be fully loaded and stay there. It either just starts trying to oversteer and come around right away, or it would do this weird thing where it would feel like it's bucking to the other side. And uh, I checked my video, and I can see the traction control light blinking. So what I'm thinking is it might be engaging that uh, that unloaded wheel and trying to slow it down and then letting it go. Um, but it was the most bizarre thing I've ever felt before. Other than that, uh, the car really didn't want to stay straight. Uh, it, like I said, it would it would definitely try to oversteer all the time. Uh, braking was great, um, and oh, PDK. So it has a cop tune on it for an aggressive uh, PDK tune. Uh, the weird thing about the PDK is it won't let me bounce off rev limiter. It will automatically shift for me even in manual mode, which is uh, going to the back straight. There's a Right-hander, well, there's two right-handers and a left-hander to lead to the back straight. Right. The, right, the right-hander before, you, I shift down to, to second to accelerate to the next short spot, but it's one of those weird zones where, you know, you'll bounce off the limiter for half a second and then, you know, you'll you'll be turning in. But what this is, it'll shift up for me, and then when I'm trying to like, uh, apply throttle again, it'll have to downshift itself because I didn't notice, or... It'll uh, it'll do this weird thing like it does in automobile, which is it'll rev up first and then it'll take off. Um, so that was quite annoying. Uh, so just having to fiddle with that. And uh, other than that, uh, I was slower than I've ever been at Autobahn. <laughs> um, and uh, but it was it was uh, exhilarating uh, learning a, a new car. Uh, I wanted to take it as a baseline. Like I didn't want to change anything, even though I know the arrow probably be an issue. 
uh, I don't want to change anything because I want to know what what I'm starting with, right? And uh, it, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it went well. Uh, Dan came out and helped. Uh, the person that will not be named now, I suppose, uh, helped me a lot with what I was doing uh, driving-wise. With uh, I think even, Mike, you said this before, that, you know, I got quick hands, and sometimes that can also get me in trouble by not slowing them down enough. You know, with yep. S1000, it, it, it tolerates quick corrections quickly, and then it will set right back. But Cayman right. does not. It oh. fucking hates it. So a quick correction, it will actually catch the other way. Ah. Yeah, so that first session, I was like, holy shit. It responded to me turning the other direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it know? was fast. So, yeah. So that was, you know, something that was interesting to learn, which I imagine the other settings we talked about earlier probably aided with, with that as well. But other than that, uh, I feel like it's a solid car. It is, it's faster than like comparing it directly to the vet, since they're more closer power to weight ratio and class I want to build it for, right? It feels at this moment, it feels less stable at speed. But the vet is also, you know, so much wider and basically 50-50 weight balance. Um, but it it feels like there's more potential to be faster there. It came and just, it feels like it's there, but it just needs some some big refinements first. Like yeah, uh, you got to learn to drive it. You got to learn to drive it, yeah. and we got to make some make some changes to the balance. Exactly. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some time there, like. It's always hard because it is different. It is, I mean, it is functionally a different car. You can't drive it the same way you drove the Vet. You can't drive it the same way you drive the, the S2000, right? Um, all those cars have a tendency to, from the factory, to have a tendency to understeer more than this thing does. And uh, even with good balance, even with everything else, there is uh, that dynamic change, that that difference in feel that I think is important and, and takes some time unless you're, you know, one of the aliens that we know that can just get in anything and, and enjoy their life. Um, I think that does take time to kind of reprogram your brain. Yeah. And even I think by the end of the weekend, um, it started to kind of sink in. Right. So unfortunately, day two, the last couple of sessions in and, and, and black flag, red flags, you know, fucking rotaries blowing up, Nissan day, SRs blowing up. Typical shit. that ends in Y. Yeah, exactly. Ty- typical shit. Um, but I mean, like, my my predicted lap time started going down like five seconds before we had to come in or something. So oh wow, that's a huge yeah. Like so that last session that got black flag, that mm-hmm. was supposed to be a thirty seven lap, which my personal best like the earlier morning session is always at forty one. So, uh, helping with the the person that shall not be named. <laughs> I feel like an asshole now. <laughs> uh, help me with some with some driving advice. And, um, you know, and then we, you know, change minor suspension settings and the right tire pressure. It's kind of hard to check hot tire pressures when you're coming off a red or a black flag. So kind of sure. guessing in the dark, you know. Um, but, yeah, so all in all, I feel like it's a it's a good start for the project. I mean, I have a lot of car to begin with. It's not really a project because it runs right now, which is. Uh, you can make it a project. Um, how about yeah, you shut, shut your whore mouth right now? Okay, I would say, to- like, uh, just just seeing it, um, I was genuinely excited. It's like, oh, this is this is a new one of beginning. the better. Yeah, this is an, one of the an, better beginnings, though, than we've ever started with before. Because you know, we're cheap started and stupid. With, yeah, 
cheap. I mean, the seven was. I am still cheap and still kind of stupid. So <laughs> the but, seven was a, a nice car we ruined. But besides that, yeah, yeah. But even you know, even Evos in general, they've got a lot, of, a lot of positives. And I think the biggest positive they have is the aftermarket support, not necessarily built into its you know base DNA or whatever you want to say. I think the Porsche has got way, way more just smart performance. Yeah. yeah base performance is like oh you don't have to tweak much to make this thing pretty damn sweet yeah, um, there's less compromises to start with that's a great way to put it there michael less compromises so yeah i was excited and but for me when i saw it it reminded me a lot of the evo 10 because it's like oh devin got this sweet card a pretty good deal and it's just it's just ready for some oem plus love Let's fix mm-hmm. this thing back up. Get some German need, clips on this car. Yeah, we need some OEM plus. We need more OEM plus in our lives. I keep finding cars, and I'm like, that's perfect for OEM plus. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm right there with you, right? Like, regardless of what I do to it, I'm still like, no, it's got to have all the interior. Got to have AC. Got to have a radio. Yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. It's got to stay nice, deal. Like, even if it's one of the race classes I might want to do, I'm still like, nope, still a street car. Well, like, you know, the Le Mans cars, they mandate to have ac so you're you're just See, ahead of the curve go. there we go yeah pe- I, people are dumb <laughs> people are dumb the they're windows. taking out yeah they're not race cars unless they have ac that's the rules yeah like it's got a failing headliner now and use the old devil but like well fuck that thing it's time to rip out everything on the roof but now i'm just like mm, i just gotta find a better material to put up there that'd be a lot exactly. I, like, <laughs> I like it oem plus neoprene then put some of the put some of that uh we're gonna go to joanne fabrics i've done a couple headliners the headliner in the the headliner in the uh, uh, you should in the insights really really nice you should try that one I'll I'll will show you the material I used for that all right send me the link <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty soft it's sweet and it's sound dentening but it's pretty light still it's got some thickness to it it's pretty cool oh Devin's car is quiet too which is amazing I love quiet oh cars. okay well all right hold on it was it was quieter Ooh. than the Honda generator that was next to us in the in the grid or in the pits. So it was, I will be changing that. I can't, oh I can't deal with quiet right. cars. Oh. Well, I mean, every, everybody gets one. All right, that's, that's my subjective change. Yeah, it's like it's like I got I have a Shelby Cobra, and I'm trying to figure out how to make it quieter. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about the headliner and the Cobra just to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the headliner and the Cobra is great. It's created by um, this omnipresent being named Jesus <laughs> and God. He just he just brings the best. Just brings the best headliners. <laughs> <laughs> it's color changing weather color changing. changing weather changing yeah it's it's got beautiful like it's got this um uh you, you ever seen those youtubers or those tiktoks or whatever you watch you know instagram videos where uh people have like those starlight headliners and stuff mine mm-hmm. is built into the cobra all i have to do is take it out as night and it's 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 there it's beautiful <laughs> so it's a, it's a perfect um, headliner but yeah man other than that i feel like I'm taking a different approach to this this time. Uh, instead of like like with the S, I went from uh, kind of a street car to like full flash turbo, rip everything out, cut everything off. Um, right. So with this, it's kind of more of an incremental change. See what happens. Develop as a develop the car as as what I intended to be, and as a driver at the same same time. So it's gonna be pretty nice. I think uh, we'll all have fun with it, and uh, at least have something to report back to. Yeah, a lot of stuff to write about now, so that's kind of great. Um, that's cool. And, uh, uh, let me ask you this, uh, uh, both y'alls. Um, <laughs> so I forgot who was talking to me, but the, 
it got me thinking about how. Oh, this is probably Ben Lynn. That was was yeah. Mike. The only time we talk is on this podcast, which is depressing. Um, but My Ben Lynn was. <laughs> I think it was Ben Lynn who was telling me like power to weight wise how much better um, some of these like air quotes real race cars are, um, like GT three and and it got me thinking like with the Evo ten and 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 the Cayenne Cayman how much performance have we left on the table in our past builds thousands. by going thousands thousands of a second by going overboard and not really getting the base shit done right no, to begin I, with it, it, i mean we had that conversation a lot like it's a, it's all about compromises and that's what's hard. It's like people like look at time attack and then they look at gt3 cars or, or whatever and they're like wow gt3 cars are so fast and i'm like they are fast because they have you know they literally have hundreds of millions of dollars of development between a passenger car and then the car that they develop into, right? They have engineers working on them constantly to make them good cars. And it's, it's really hard for a privateer to, to, to make those, to be able to, to, to match those kinds of levels. And what's good about, like we're talking about here with Devin and, and starting with a good car for once in our lives, um, some of that's already built in, right? Um, the higher you start with in terms of, you know, supercars, hypercars, which don't make me as excited as they used to, but some of that engineering does and having that base level to start with to make changes that they wouldn't have made for streetcars anyway, really does give you, you know, a, a pretty big upper hand. You know, Corvettes are pretty good and, but they can be better. Porsches, again, you know, you go GT2, GT3 stuff, like those are mm -hmm. very little compromised cars, right? Comparatively. And they have suspension designs that you don't need to change too much, right? They, it's just, you deal with it on the street and they perform quite well on the track. And that's the thing is that all the cars we've started with are inherently broken and the compromise is towards passenger car and not towards race car. But if you get a car that's inherently twisted the other direction, um, just you're way better off. Or we spend an inordinate amount of time doing the engineering work, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not easy. I dig it. You're right. It's just hard. I mean, it sucks. Like the Evo's fast, no doubt. The Evos are fast. But they're entirely a compromise, a massive compromise. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what do you do when the suspension is not acting the way you'd like it to? Well, you compromise it even further. You don't you don't make it better by redesigning the whole thing. We we potentially could, but we don't do that because um, it because the time and energy it takes to do that is is it's well outside of right well, of well outside of our budget right now to do that, to even prototype it, to test it, to do all those things. We barely test as it is. So that's why we're trying to make something like Dan's working on an Evo 10 to make it reliable. Devin's working with his Porsche so that he can run laps in it. You know, what, what we're working on is building cars now that are reliable enough that we can put laps in and then start going after these, what we think are pretty massive chunks of time, even though the cars are fast to start with, they're pretty massive chunks of time just based on the fact that we don't get to test often enough. We're not collecting enough data. Those types of things, right? There's a one-to-one -one setup of our cars. There's only one Evo, you know, there's only one uh, uh, unlimited time attack Evo. There's only, you know, in terms of that setup. So we have to test yeah. to know what's going on. And frankly, we just can't. We, we haven't in the past. And that's why we've kind of changed our mindset that we're going a little slower here in terms of development, um, you know, getting the car on track. But hopefully once it's on track, we'll be able to put laps into it. Whether he was gonna be down, bro. Just fucking bring it out, bro. Just fucking finish it, bro. Just go blow it up. Just go it up. Blow it up. Bro, that's a thousand, bro. Just fucking bring it out. What the fuck? 
Yeah. And so that's the, that's kind of, that's kind of the life of it. And, it. and it does suck. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's awesome in that regard, but um, that's the hard part about that kind of development. Um, starting with something that's good to start with is, is pretty nice, especially when it's things that are hard to change. Um, you can put more arrow on a Porsche, which is, it works out well. Uh, and you can make more downforce in that realm because it's more open. But you already know that the suspension is good under a GT2 or a GT3. So you don't have to make too many changes there because there weren't many compromises made. But with, like I said, with something like the Evo, we have to make every compromise that you could possibly ever imagine just to make it work. Yeah, I mean, well, I agree. That makes sense. I mean, but don't be wrong. I still have the poor man's Porsche. It's the cheapest one you can buy. And yeah, still, but it's it's still, 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 they put time and energy into it. This is fair. They put they put more time and energy into it than they did the Cavalier. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they're equal. <laughs> not as much not as much time and energy as they put into an insight, but we're not we don't have to worry about that. That's so a different thing. As we said, uh Cavalier came in equal with a cross sign to it. It's fine. Same card. Equal, equal, not equal. Yeah. Yes. How like life, unfortunately, but, <laughs> but it's good. Um, you know, and it, and it does bring back a conversation that we had previously is, do you buy the best car you can buy to start or do you buy a project car and try to build it from there? And I think that comes down to two answers for me. It's one, how smart are you? And two, how many compromises you're making with the cheap car, right? You can start and off with a better also, How smart are you? How, how smart are the people you know? Yeah, Sure. And so how driven are you to, to make that, to make those compromises, uh, less compromisey, right? Um, and then, and how much time and energy you have to develop, or do you buy something that's relatively ready to go and just make those small tweaks that make it reliable and move from there? I think we're trying both ends of the spear and see what happens. Yeah, we've tried They'll a lot fuck of us both inevitably. You know, eventually it's going to blow up. I'm going to be like, well... Well, we stop trying. Or do you just take up knitting and then we stop talking about any of this? Yeah, then I get too competitive in that. Probably get a fucking carbon blade or some shit. The only finest fucking uh, knit yeah. balls from knit balls. One time I looked up yarn and the difference in yarn, and oh my gosh, we would get something. It's mind blowing. Oh mm-hmm. my God, there's so yeah. many different yarns. Most yarn is plastic, which hurts my yeah. head. Polyester stuff, Min- yeah. Then you get into alpaca shit, and it's like forty times the cost. Yeah. So yeah, then you realize why everything is plastic. That'd be us right there. Yeah, this Absolutely. knit ball right here costs three grand. I got a sponsorship. Knit ball. <laughs> you need to sell that to Krista. We got this. We got the the custom. Like, is it is it is knitting's the one to use with the little sticks and shit? I don't even know. Uh, knitting is the one you do with needles, long long pointy needles. Yeah, I would definitely get like one you do with hooks. Okay, so I definitely do some like precision friggin' like carbon specifically Car- weighted. Oh, yeah. Carbon with, with, mixed with some titanium needles. Hell no, yeah, no, no, no. We're gonna get some tungsten weights perfectly tungsten inlaid into the carbon <laughs> so that so that it's like the perfect balance so that my wrists don't oh, yeah. get hurt over long periods of time of the knitting process. Yeah, we would go that far. Anybody who wants a carbon tungsten knitting needle, let me know. We'll make one for you. And by that I mean hopefully there's a market. Editor, <laughs> put that in the show notes, please. Yeah, put show notes, All right, so what do we think? Feels like we talked about everything under the sun for for a day. Yeah, I think I think I'm good. I think we're all tired. I'm sorry, fans. <laughs> it's yeah. been an exhausting week. <laughs> it's been a long week. We're gonna already. get into the Russian sanctions next week. Oh God, stop it. <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna do it. Do it. Don't leave the show. Just ignore Dan. Don't leave the show. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining Professional Awesome Hypercritical Radio. 
and we hope to see you next time. Thank you.